You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to another special coronavirus edition of uh, the podcast Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. As always, uh, I am your faithful host, Ben Wolf. Wolf Such Consulting, EOS Implementer, help businesses uh, get a grip on their business, and especially now with what's going on, uh, working with clients to, uh, you know, go through all of the opportunities and risks and make sure they're conserving cash and addressing the situation in a serious way. Uh, and we want to cover in the podcast today, I have a special guest, uh, without, I won't do the whole uh, anticipation thing leading up to his name. It's Joe Apfelbaum. Uh, we had on last week. Uh, we're going to do, uh, you know, I'd like to do a Q&A format today to really cover a bunch of tools and ideas relevant to a wide variety of business owners and the kind of in, in different industries suffering from different responses, some from very mild to very serious. And, uh, and you know, some ideas and sharing things that uh, Joe has come across and I've come across uh, that are ideas on how to approach how to approach the current situation and uh, you know to number one mitigate the damage and number two look for opportunity so that's what we're going to hopefully get to today and as a reminder of a couple of highlights of uh, Joe Appfelbaum's background again he is the CEO of Ajax Union a business-to-business digital marketing agency he's based out of Brooklyn New York helps people all over the place he's a popular speaker online trainer and business networking LinkedIn marketing and personal development. Um, he is, uh, you can find out more about him, Joe Apfelbaum at uh, joeapfelbaum.com. That's A-P-F-E-L-B-A-U-M. So it's like it sounds, joeapfelbaum.com, if I said that enough times. And uh, so welcome, Joe, in these crazy times. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for coming on and very happy to uh, to be able to, uh, you know, share more information with uh, with people today. And um, so well, let's, you know, let's get straight to it. I guess the first question I would I would ask before we get into some of the specific scenarios that I'm seeing that I'm coming across that people are asking me about. And I'd like to get your take on ideas for some of these people is uh what are you seeing? What are, what are you talking about with people? What's the, the main couple of points that people uh, can benefit from, you know, from what you're knowing and seeing and sharing? What I'm seeing right now is that people are massively scared. They're full of anxiety. They're full of, hey, I don't know what's going to happen. And as a result, people are trying to find ways to find comfort, find security, so that they can make sense out of all this. Because nobody knows what this virus is going to do. Like, no, like this is, this can be a mild case that just goes away like within a few weeks or it can last many years. And the economic impact is people are already feeling it. People are getting laid off. 80% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. So watching people suffer in this way where they're like the unknown that's the main issue here. The main issue is not that people necessarily are sick because most people are not sick. Most people are actually pretty healthy right now. Most people are not dying. You know, there's a there's a small death rate, very small death rate. Um, and there's also a pretty relatively small infection rate. Um, 
compared to other viruses, compared to the flu even. But people are really, really scared. This is a this is a true pandemic because this is this is something that really puts people out of commission. It really does kill quite a few people. Um, but more importantly, people are living a, a life of fear and all their insecurities that they always had are coming out right now. And I, I see that everything from business owners that are status quo and they're doing okay to business owners that lost 100% of their business. To, I mean, look, some people are, like you say, just, you know, maybe just down 10% in revenue, slightly affected, some 30% down but still profitable and like you say some at a complete stop i i know uh people in the uh in massage therapy business a couple of people that are just obviously stopped you know it goes from 100 percent to zero people are laying people off uh so that they can get unemployment um maybe let's talk about that scenario actually just you know just to get right into it uh, let's talk about that scenario uh somebody's in a, in a very physical business um First of all, with that with that idea, talk to somebody who said that they had to lay all their people off uh, because they literally went down to zero and they want to make sure they could get something by at least collecting unemployment. Uh, so they, you know, they're getting like 100% of their employees making UI claims, unemployment insurance claims. Um, are, are you seeing that? Oh, you know, what are your ideas for that? You know, what are your ideas for people in that situation that you've come across? Is that a is that a bad you know is that even a good idea that approach like what what do what do you see in that kind of scenario? I spoke to somebody who has over a hundred employees, and he said he went through two thousand eight, um, and his problem in two thousand eight is that he waited too long to fire everybody. Um, that's that's basically what his issue was, and he majorly went into debt because he has a hundred percent standstill. He has a moving company, and nobody's moving now. Nobody's going anywhere. So, you know, he's let go of over 100 employees and he's like, I have no choice. I just have to do this. I have to just let them go because I can't hold on to these people and just keep paying a payroll without money coming in. It just doesn't make any sense. And he's like, I feel really bad because I worked really hard to find these people. And they all know that if things get back to normal in just a few weeks, you know, they'll all have a place here. But right now, I just have to put everything right. on standstill, and you know, people can file mm -hmm. unemployment if they want. But you know, at the end of the day, would you rather have people file unemployment and you have a hundred percent of people filing unemployment on your business, or would you rather not have a business at all? Because exactly. you just decided to deplete all your cash. We don't know how long this is going to take. We have no idea how long mm -hmm. this is going to take. This can take several months. It can take a year. We don't know how long the shelter in place is going to last. Nobody knows. We don't know if the infection rate is going to go out of control. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, the people in China that got that got sick, we don't know what's what, what can still happen a few months later from the people that got sick, but they didn't show symptoms. We have no idea. Nobody knows. Nobody understands mm -hmm. this virus. Nobody understands what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and so we don't we and here's something that I know for a fact. You think things are bad now? Wait till April comes because April, everyone already paid their rent for May. Everybody already paid their loans for May, for, for March, I should mm. say. Wait till April mm. comes and nobody has any money to pay anything. Wait till nobody mm. has any money to pay rents. What happens to the REITs? What happens to the bonds? What happens to the markets? What happens when everyone starts defaulting? I know somebody who had 17 stores, 17 retail stores. 
and every single one of them she basically closed down she went around collecting all the inventory and closed down all the stores pulled everything out informed all the landlords she is not continuing it said we're done 17 stores could you imagine the impact each store maybe ten thousand dollars a month in rent and that's just one store a non-essential business Right. Could you imagine if thousands and thousands of stores do this to landlords? The price of real estate, the pr like, and then the landlords can't pay their mortgages. So how will that affect everything? So, you know, at the end of the day, what I want a business owner that's in a situation right now to think about, if they if they're in a business that completely went out of business because non-essential businesses are closed, ask yourself, is this the type of business that I want to be in? Because this can happen again at any time. This is not something, we're in a global economy. When something happens in Malaysia, China, wherever, it'll affect us. It's going to affect us big time. So because we're a global economy, you got to start thinking of things that you can be doing or ways that you can be doing your business that will be able to shift and pivot. We have the 1099 economy. We have the gig economy, as it's called where people are, are, you know, we started doing this several years ago where we transitioned from having 75 full-time people to basically having most of our people be freelancers. So what do you do when you lose a bunch of clients? Mm -hmm. You just basically tell the freelancers you don't have work right now. And they go and they shift and they find other work from other places. So you have to be thinking like that in the future. And this is a great lesson for all of us because this, we're in a global economy, we're in the gig economy. And as a result, you, this is a way for people to be able to protect. This is not just affecting you because you're a bad business owner. That's what I want everyone to know. This is not you made a bad decision and got into a bad business. No, you. the world is changing the way that we know it. It used to be that faxes were effective way of marketing. Faxes don't work anymore. It used to be that cold calling were effective way of marketing. Cold calling works, but not in most industries. And it used to be that email marketing was effective. It, it's not effective anymore. People are deleting spam emails. It's done. And, and people a couple of years from now are going to say, it used to be Facebook and LinkedIn was an effective way of marketing, and now it's something else. So you got to keep changing with the times. And what worked yesterday probably doesn't work today. And what works today is probably not going to work tomorrow. So you got to be, you know, something that humans are really afraid of is just change, being versatile, and being able to get back up and say, okay, I fell down. What did I learn? Let's get back up and let's leverage what's going on right now. And it might be too early to leverage it right now. You might need some time of self-reflection and isolation for you to figure out what your meaning and purpose is in life and what, you, what the impact you really want to make and how can you leverage your strengths to be able to, to leverage this opportunity. There is an opportunity here. Most people are seeing complete and total disaster. I just spoke to somebody today and she told me, you know what she wants, the type of business she wants to start now? And she's, she, somebody funded her with $600,000. You know what business she wants to start right now? She wants to start a businesses that, that trains civilians to be able to work in hospitals on call. So, you, so she wants um, to start a, a company that literally trains civilians to be able to do things like put in IVs, uh, run ventilators, to be able to do all the stuff that a nurse or a, a, a physician practitioner can do, get all the basic training so that they can just show up at a hospital and start working. Crazy, right? There's an opportunity there. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a bunch of people sitting yeah, on their hands sure. right now and they're not doing anything. Absolutely. Yeah, this is it it's a crazy time. I mean, you talk about a, a couple of points from what you just said. I mean, you talk about 
the importance of acting quickly and not delaying because it's hard and because you don't want to lose people and you don't want to, you know, like you said, that you worked hard to get and worked hard and, and they're good people and you value them. And it's, you know, I talked to one business owner who delayed just one week, uh, just one week in, in, you know, in a difficult layoff and lost $185,000 from the bottom line uh, because of a one week delay. Um, it's, uh, you know, as you say, it's more important to have a business afterwards than to not go out of business because you're not staying in business because you, you know, had a difficult time making horribly difficult decisions uh, or taking taking decisive action. Um, so that's one thing. And another thing I'm thinking of on the on the example you gave of somebody with a bunch of stores and landlords and rent and and all those things is is you know is to be is everyone's in this as you said everyone's in the same boat i mean to you know talk to your talk to your landlords talk to your talk to your mortgage company talk to your lender talk to your tenants and everyone's going to be in the same situation i mean there's at least there's at least some chance that you'll be able to you know rather than be in default you could have a you know put put off three months have it added to the end whatever it is you know some kind of yeah some kind of uh deferral uh, because again, everyone's in this situation. I mean, they'd rather they'd rather have that tenant three months from now when the revenue starts coming back in again, hopefully, or whenever that happens, uh, than than to lose those tenants because they're certainly going to be worth a lot less then, despite the loss of revenue for those for those months that you had no retail customers. Um, but I would I would imagine that being open and honest and having an open line of communication with your landlord, with your tenant, with your lenders. Uh, is going to you know probably give you more options than just having to necessarily close up shop like you know like like that person that you know, um, so you know we talked or we know one idea you mentioned before I gave the massage therapy example which is another one of those businesses that is not down ten or thirty percent but it's down a hundred percent, and uh, you know I don't know. You know, we we you talk, you mentioned an idea last time about you know doing like promotions. Get like you know if if you're going to be going to this massage therapist in a couple of months anyway, talk to your customers. Even if you don't have staff right now, but you know be talking about you know getting uh, seventy cents on the dollar or you know se- you know uh, you know uh, seventy cents for each dollar of a, of a gift card that you get it now and use it afterwards and at least have something coming in in the meantime. And it's just a temporary. Uh, temporary promotion. Not talking about lowering your prices, which is a hard thing to hard thing to bounce back from once people get used to paying a lower price. Uh, but temporary, time limited promotions. Um, have you seen any other ideas uh, besides that that some businesses that are down to zero can you know like massage therapy, like a travel that the people could be thinking about? If you're if you need cash flow, there's two things, right? You can do. There's actually three things you can do for cash flow. Number one is you can get more clients or get paid from your existing clients. That's one thing you can do for cash. The second thing you can do to generate cash is to defer paying out anything that you have to pay out, slash get reductions from vendors. That's the second thing you can do to get cash. Yeah. And the third thing is you can get loans yeah. or you can put things on credit cards and you can conserve cash that way. Um, those are three ways to get cash. My favorite is getting new customers, generating new income from the top. And thinking of ways that you can offer services right now to people 
no matter what industry you're in, there's always something that you can offer. So for example, we have been having in-person networking events for a long time, and we can no longer offer in-person networking events. So mm-hmm. what do we do? Well, mm-hmm. very simple. What we do is, instead of offering in-person networking events, we offer virtual networking events. And we're actually having a virtual networking event on mm-hmm. Thursday at 4 p.m. Um, so there's, there's opportunities to be able to do things a little bit differently. Instead of me doing seminars, I, I'm a professional paid public speaker, and I'm doing webinars, and people are hiring me to do webinars for their companies. So that's not something that I typically used to charge for. I used to charge for traveling and going in person and all that, but now I'm charging to do webinars, and I'm really, really good at it because I've been doing it for a really long time for free. But now people at desperately need engaging presenters that understand how to present virtually. And I am an expert at presenting virtually mm-hmm. for organizations around mm-hmm. topics of marketing and sales and inspiration and mm-hmm. personal development, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. So my goal is to show people that they can reinvent themselves without reinventing the wheel. Take a look at your strengths. Take a look at what you're good at. Take a look at your current clients, your ideal clients, and then figure out a way that you can add value to them right now. I know CrossFit gyms that might be closed right now, but they're still offering online classes for free to their clients. And what ends up happening is once the clients get addicted to those online classes, they just start charging for the online classes and boom, you're good to go. If you have a thousand people that are part of your gym and usually about a hundred come in every week, well, now you're offering a hundred people out of your thousand online classes and those hundred people are actually leveraging it and using it. Well, guess what's going to happen? Later on, you're going to be able to charge for them to continue using those online classes because they got used to the platform. You tested it out. It worked really well. They all used it and they were happy with it. It worked out well. And you can still open your gym for the other people and they can keep paying their memberships. But now you have a new service that you can offer down the line or even right now. You don't have to charge right now, but, you know, getting in the door. So it could be something, you know, you're doing virtual therapy it could be that you're, if you're a restaurant, you start doing more takeout, you start doing more catering, you start doing more recipes. There's lots of different ways that you can, if you're traveling, instead of just selling travel, you can do travel coaching. That's something that a lot of people haven't considered, but I spoke to a travel agent recently and she was totally distraught. And I said, there's lots of people that need a vacation consultant and you can actually charge them an hourly fee For now, you can do it for free, but once, you know, say have a monthly conversation with them or have a quarterly conversation with them and start consulting people with what they can do with vacations, especially because the price of travel is so low right now. So if you get a refundable something for the future, you can get a really good deal on a cruise that typically costs 10,000, maybe for $500. um, And if you don't use it, you get your money back. So uh, there's a lot of value around in that and thinking of ways to leverage that, it can be very powerful. Right. Oh, some some great ideas. Uh, one other thing I came across, uh, I came across in the last couple of days, is somebody talking about you know talking to a bunch of other business owners and they're they're passing around this idea of of getting of getting your salaries of your people down to. Uh, down to like 75% and just like talking about promising some kind of bump up or bonus when we get on the other side of this. 
they're also struggling at the same time. And I, I feel like it might be somewhat related, but they're, you know, they're, they're talking about implementing this, but they're also struggling with recognizing that they're not even getting 100% from their people who are now working remotely uh, because they're from their people that are now working remotely because they're in the middle of sitting at their dining room tables with their kids getting homeschooled and, and, and they're just, there's just too much going on and they're not 100% focused. Um, you know, I know a couple of reactions I have to this, but have you heard of this idea? Do you see an issue in lowering people's salaries rather than laying off certain people and keeping others at full salary uh, in terms of being able to get 100% from, from your people? Yeah, I mean, some people um, are part become part time. You know, we've had this in the past in our business, not related to pandemic, where we had losses of revenue, and then we didn't want to lose the employees. So we basically said, "Hey, why don't you take a reduction in salary and reduction in hours? Go find something else to do in the meantime, because we don't want to lose you, but we can't afford to pay you anymore." <laughs> so that totally makes sense, and people get it. People are understanding what's going on right now. Um, so making them the offer is very can be really nice. It's, at least they don't lose everything. At least they're making some money, and it's more than unemployment, and they have nothing to do with their time anyway. So absolutely, there's an opportunity to do that to be able to decide who are the critical people that are show, pulling their weight, and who are the people that are not critical but you don't want to lose, and you want to be able to to use them. So yeah, some people are are doing that. They're you know asking. You're basically borrowing money from your employees. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a tough scenario, right? I mean, right. So you know, perhaps instead of doing, instead of thinking about lowering people's salary across the board, say like, okay, lower salary, and if we know we're not going to get one hundred percent, then maybe make make some of those people uh, part time or less critical, or you know, or you know, it's 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 a uh, it's a tough it's a tough situation. Um, it's a, t a tough choices to make because you you know it, it it really is so hard to you know to it's so hard to lose people and you don't want them to lose their jobs and you don't want to lose them uh for for something that's hopefully not permanent anyway i talked to somebody else actually who has uh a, like an who has an online training program so you know that particular topic is not necessarily important but they have a, a program where they offer online courses which is great and obviously something that is really well placed to respond to the current uh the current scenario um the issue is actually i talked to a couple of people with a with a with a related issue is that all of the competitors are getting in people who maybe didn't maybe did it in person before now they're all saying that they have this live option and uh or this online option so i mean a, a couple of things is you know they're asked you know somebody's asking what you know should i maybe offer a live version not just a recorded version in order to stay competitive if that's what other people are going to do how do i you know and if if my unique offering is now not so you not feeling so unique to people my main differentiator is something now that everyone's saying that they do even though i've been doing it for five or six years how do i differentiate myself what, what are you seeing in that kind of scenario what i'm seeing in that scenario is that it's really important to realize that whatever worked in the past is not going to work in the future and the more competition you have it just means that there's more business if there's more competition it means there's more business and you have to figure out who your audience is 
it doesn't matter. Like it, you can have some some area like masks um, where you have a lot of competition right now in masks and gloves and whatever it is. But if you're doing masks for children in Brooklyn that um, that have asthma, a very specific type of mask, right? That has some type of something that helps with asthma. Now you're selling masks, but you're dealing with a niche mm. in a geographic mm. area with a very specific type of demographic. So the key is not going to be whether or not you're offering mm -hmm. live or whatever it is. It's going to be more around your niche. And when you speak to your niche, to their specific unique problems, that's your value proposition. And that's how you can create a blue ocean instead of just trying to be where everybody else is. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely hear that. And, um, you know, another, another thing is, you know, is, is, is like you, you know, is like you're saying, not being able to do things before. And w one aspect of that is pivoting your messaging is, you know, is that if before, like in EOS and the entrepreneurial operating system, one of the things I talk about with my clients is, uh, is, uh, is there, is their marketing, you know, is their, is their marketing plan. And obviously that's some, you know, something you talked about there in terms of defining your niche, defining your target market, and really defining in, in something that's in general important is defining your three uniques. What are the three attributes, your three biggest strengths that, uh, that differentiate you from everybody else? Now, you know, we say that one of those things may be shared by everybody or most people in your competitors. The combination of two of those particular strengths together may be shared by only a handful and uh, three, but three of them all together, nobody else is going to share. And maybe that needs to pivot. I mean, if you're if you're getting into doing something that now everyone says they're doing it because your your thing is your thing is the ability to do something online. So your differentiator is that you've been doing it for five years and you have tons of people that can back you up and say, "I've been doing this with, with this guy forever." They're, they didn't. They're not doing it just since last week. And, you know, to emphasize that, to emphasize the testimonials, to pivot your messaging and all your materials and your sales to, uh, to, to emphasizing that point and without necessarily trashing the competition, but showing and highlighting that differentiator up front also, you know, I, I would think is an aspect of, of, of how you pivot. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree with you 100%. The key is to think out of the box. Exactly. And one of the one of the other, uh, you know, one of the other aspects that you re referenced earlier, but just to come back to it is in terms of conserving cash. So like you said, you know, aggressively collect your AR, your accounts receivable from from your current clients. That's one of the ideas that you mentioned. One of the things I'm talking with people about is, as you said, again, delaying uh, your AP or making deals, as you mentioned, uh, with people. Uh, and really just looking at looking at all of your expenses, your subscriptions, take your top 10 expenses and uh, or your top 15 expenses and just see like what's critical, what could we, what could be put off? Uh, what is you know what, what is not necessarily what is not necessarily a priority right now and conserving cash in every way possible because as you said, that's what you, you know, you can have a liquidity crisis and be going out of business and it's not going to do anybody or any of your employees any good if that if that happens. Is there any other last point, I guess, that you would say as a takeaway or any other big uh, any other big situations that you've come across uh, for ideas that you could share before we uh, before we run out of time? 
the big idea is to start interviewing your clients and your potential clients to figure out what issues they're currently having that you can solve. They may not be even related to what you used to do for them, but there are issues right now that your clients are having. It's called the good, the bad, and the ugly. And figuring out what issues they currently have and then asking yourself what resources you have where you can support your clients in this time of need right now. And that's going to open up lots of opportunities that you maybe haven't seen. Now's the best time to be in touch with your clients, your potential clients, with your referral partners. I wrote a article on LinkedIn recently where I say the messages that you can easily send people right now and they have to do with checking in. You can check in with anybody right now and it's totally acceptable to check in with somebody to see if they're healthy, see how they're doing during this pandemic. Now's the time to check in. Like a year ago, it wasn't necessarily appropriate just to check into random people. But you could check into every one of your LinkedIn connections. You can check into every one of the people that you've known for years. You've, you can check in with so many amazing people. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable how, how much you can do right now in terms of check-in. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I would say that doing that is one of the keys. Right. And, you know, one of the things, you know, one of the things I would I would add that, you know, now somebody like myself that's working with business owners is just seeing and if you're in a, posi a similar position with your business is just, uh, you know, and, and you referenced this earlier as well, but seeing how you can how you can help. And you mentioned earlier doing a free service or, you know, doing something that that, that keeps the connection going, because when this turns back around again, if you can have more of a connection with people in your target market for whatever you do than you had before because of this opportunity that, that you found a way to help. You're not charging anything for it. Have a conversation. For me, like doing a facilitation session, helping people go through a bunch of options for how they can take massive action to uh, to, to you know to, to save money to conserve cash to get in a better position to capitalize on the opportunities that exist now and that are opening up for them and when those relationships are increased then that additional that that augmented relationship is something that continues after this is over and that you'll take with you and and start off and excuse me end off uh, with this you know when we when we get through this into a stronger position than than you were in before um, and what I what I am doing with my clients again, helping them problem solve, set up action plans, create accountability for how they're going to approach the current situation, make sure they're taking it seriously, that they are going to come out on the other side of this, how they and how they can come out stronger. And uh, you know, I, I I would offer obviously anybody can get in touch with me. I would love to have a conversation with people and see what you're going through or how I can help. You know, just to have a conversation. That that that's all it has to be. I know, Joe, you've mentioned uh, last week when you were on that you're happy to have a conversation with anybody who gets in touch with you. They should take advantage uh, of that. Going to, what was it, Joe at LinkedIn? What was the what was the website you mentioned that was easier? JoeLinkedIn.com. JoeLinkedIn.com. Really easy for people to get in touch with me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're you're available for people. Of course, I'm available. People get in touch with me as well. And uh, I appreciate everything that you shared here and uh, look forward to, you know, seeing what we what we can offer people and, and looking forward to, you know, to, to the time when we can when the economy can really get going again. 
And I expect it to be an up and down thing. So you're going to see it go up and then go down and then go up and then go down. And it's going to be great. It's going to be a wild ride. But just know that eventually it'll go back to normal. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get activated again. And, and as you said earlier, that is that that uncertainty of how bad it's going to be and how long it's going to last. And even as you mentioned now, the the up and down, the potential up and down nature of it that, you know, is uh, is it is what makes it even harder. Like if we knew that, okay, this is going to be the next two months and then things are going to get back to normal, it would be easier than just, we don't know how long or when, or when things are going to get more normal. So, um, anyway, I appreciate the, uh, the, the advice and the ideas that you shared today and Joe and uh, again, Joe LinkedIn.com. You could get in touch with him. Wolfsedgeconsulting.com. Get in touch with me. Uh, you know, I know obviously we're both happy to, see what we could do to help business owners and, 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 uh, and brainstorm together, share ideas. So thanks a lot for coming on and, uh, look forward to sharing, uh, sharing a brighter future with everybody soon and being in touch with everyone else. See you all on the other side. Thanks. Bye. You're listening to win, win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. Ben Wolf.